And I just wanted to say, I'll meet you at the waterfront after the social. And also, I'm Felissa Rose, and you're listening to Alone in the Dark. Mwah. Hello, podcast people. I will utter a phrase that you've heard almost at the beginning of every one of our episodes. We're back. It's been a long time, Maddie. Jesus. Dude, we got to stop doing this. We got to stop saying this, you know? Here's what I'm, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm thinking. Since um, kind of we make New Year's resolutions half the time, and um, my New Year's resolution is oftentimes to be better, you know, mindful of... of putting podcast episodes out. I think I'm going to stop doing that because I have a feeling there's a hex or there's some kind of a jinx on it or something. <laughs> it's, But I am thrilled. I am thrilled to be here, no, Mike. Me too, Maddie. I'm psyched to be back, dude. This is, uh, this is, uh, this is great. <laughs> I feel like you could like start every one of our episodes and we'd probably say the same exact thing. <laughs> it would, Listen, it would sync up in stereo. I'm just laying bare what... <laughs> I'm laying bare what everyone is already thinking, so I'm just going to oh, put heard it. it out there. So we've we, heard it. What What um, was the yeah. one joke? Who made the one joke <laughs> on so, Instagram? Yeah, so me, Two Meter Maniac you, was like, uh, so, so does that mean two two episodes yeah. this year? We're getting two? All two? Or whatever it was. It was funny. <laughs> it's, we have good people, no, man. People like people us. People stay though. with us, but uh, yeah, it's great. It's great to be back. I'm excited. Episode 49, Maddie. Can you believe it? 49 Ugh, it's crazy so yeah we're not there in age yet but i feel like you know maybe we're gonna our age will eventually pass our number of episodes if we keep this pace up <laughs> know, seriously <laughs> no we're good we're, in, no, good we're in good shape but uh let's since we just mentioned the the episode number our next episode's a big one right maddie oh the five zero episode like we have a special one coming yeah for you. episode 50 so why don't you tell everybody what we're doing for our 50th well we are collecting um we call them favorite moments, but really it's kind of like, you know, what I learned from the first 50 episodes of Alone in the Dark. What I learned from listening to the Alone in the Dark. Or podcast. your favorite when moment, I say right? I, yeah. yeah, or your favorite mm-hmm. moment, correct. Um, so that's how we're kind of framing it. Um, but we, listeners have sent in, we have some really great uh, moments that listeners have sent in. And we're going to actually include those right on the episode. Yeah, we've got a lot of great ones so far. And uh, we want to give you guys the opportunity because this is episode 49. So there's still time. Last chance. So uh, all you have to do is take your smartphone or whatever you use to record. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be a smartphone. I was just trying to make it easy for you. Um, take your smartphone. If you have a voice recorder app on there, record your voice telling us what your favorite moment or what you learned from the podcast. Uh, and if you want to wish us well, that, that'd that be nice too. And then um, send it to us. Uh, you can uh, email it to us at aloneinthedarkpodcast at yahoo.com. And uh, we will include it on our 50th episode. So that would be one yeah, of the 50. I mean, bar- barring... Right, barring it, barring it being some drunken rambling that's incomprehensible. <laughs> Peter Sudol. Uh, you know, un- <laughs> <laughs> Peter Sudol. Um, no, we joke. We joke because we love. We, we uh, kid we Peter, Peter like crazy. And, no. um, he's going to make it on the episode. <laughs> yeah, he'll be on there. <laughs> but there's. But we'd love to hear from from everybody. Yeah, there's room. There, there's still room. There's, there's a lot of people we haven't heard from, Maddie, and I'm a little shocked. You know. 
I did get some messages though, so we'll I, see. I hope so. You know, there's like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm really shocked. Like my brother Blaze and Stephen, I, I can't believe I haven't heard from them. Um, and yeah, okay. and there's a few. Will Douglas, come on, bud, get with it. You know. Yeah, our our son Zach Man. Zach Man, yeah, come, come on. on. We're, we're waiting. You know, we're really, really listen. Like, I, looking forward to hearing I've been what you say. Following saying. his feed, you know, he's in love, and you know that that kind of takes up some of your time i understand yeah no definitely can but uh that's a wonderful thing but anyway so that's our 50th coming up soon and that one's gonna come pretty quick right matt we're gonna get to that one in the next probably two weeks i would say um which in everyone else's <laughs> language is months but yes we are no, gonna get to it quicker it, it'll than, it'll than be usual. a couple weeks that's about it and then uh we need to apologize <laughs> to everyone uh Shall we? People are like, I think people are like checking their podcast app and they're like, where's that Halloween two commentary? They said they were going to do it. They said they were going to do it back in October and it's not here. So what, what the hell happened, Matt? (laughs) Well, here's what I was thinking. I'm thinking, um, for, you know, April will be our, um, you know, people celebrate half birthdays and everything. I work at a school. So all the little, all the kids like, oh, it's my half birthday. It's my half. So, you know what? We're going to do halfway to Halloween. We're going to do April, like in the April. Well, there's no April 31st, but toward the end of April, we're going to release a Halloween 2 commentary. There you go. It's going to be juicy, and it's going to just whet your appetite for the coming summer and then the fall fall on Halloween. There you go. I like it, Maddie. I like it. But we apologize, guys. We promised that, and we dropped the ball. Uh, Things just got a little nutty for both of us, and... uh, but it's okay. We're, we're going to get it to you. We promise. We promise. And it, it'll be We're great. removing the word promise uh, from our vocabulary. <laughs> we probably should. <laughs> Strike it now. We, we no, promise no longer permit we're not going to use the word, word promise anymore. <laughs> I can't say it better than that. Oh, gosh. But anyway, it's been a while. So we've got, we've got a great show. We, we promise you we've got a great show yeah. today. Oh, uh, we can't, you just bad. used it, Matt. <laughs> so my it's bad. been a while, Matt. What, what, uh, what kind of things have you watched? What, what can we tell people that you've seen? Yeah, I mean, I've seen a lifetime of things in the past couple of mm-hmm. months, probably. <laughs> but a couple, a couple of notable mentions. Let's hear it. Um, I've seen the Child's Play remake. Did you see yes, that one? Yes, I did. I saw that in theaters. You went to? Oh, you thought you went in the theater? Yep. That's right. Um, I heard very, very mixed things about this movie. Hmm. So I kind of went into it just whatever, right? You right. Know? Um, and I, um, I didn't remember it when it was over. But while I was while I was watching it, I I had a pretty damn good time with it. I have to say, yeah, it was, was interesting. Just, it was kind of mindless, and it was but it was kind of cool. Like I I really wasn't fixated on the you know the doll and the way it looked and the way it was different, and I just kind of enjoyed it. You know, there's some really insidious, weird, you know, scenes there when the guy's hanging over the the blade and the thing is. Oh man, there was some nasty nasty scenes in that movie. Yeah, no, I, I I'm trying to remember because it's been a while since I saw it, but. Yeah, it was mean-spirited, but I mean, I, I thought it was cool, though. I did. I enjoyed it. I have to say, I, while I was watching it, I was entertained, for sure. I, I'll have to... S- wasn't a great movie, but, yeah. you know, it was fun. I think it was interesting what they did with sort of making it present day and just the the idea of this company making the toys and the guy, you know what I mean? Like, kind of messes with the toy and um, to kind of get revenge and stuff. I thought that was interesting, you know? Yes, yeah. yes. But yeah, that's pretty good. What else? Anything else? I, yeah, I saw um, a movie called The Hole in the Ground. I don't know if you heard Never of this Never heard film. of that it's, one. Uh, I, I don't know if it's Irish. I think it may be Irish, but it's um, it's a European film. I think I believe it's an Irish film or a Scottish film. Um, it's funny because both this film and the other film I'm going to talk about next, Midsummer, mm. um, they both have this identical shot at the top of the credits in the beginning. Really? It's like you're, it's this, this, it's this shining type 
um, like helicopter shot, like going down the you know above a road and above the tree line. Interesting. Um, and the camera all, all it's going down the road and it just inverts and goes completely upside down. Wow. And turn yeah, it turns the frame upside. I mean, it, it, they're almost identical shots. That's crazy. Um, but it's wicked cool, man. It is so cool to watch. That's awesome. Now uh, the movie's pretty. The movie is pretty cool though. Um, a kid, there's a they they move to this really rural um, place. This mom and his and her son, and there's this obviously this big co- you know piece of woods in the back forest, and there's a gigantic as the title says hole in the ground. Right. And um, you know the boy goes out there one night and he comes back and he may or may not have fallen in that hole and it may or may not be him who comes back. Interesting. So it's kind of, it is very interesting. It's a, it's a pretty good movie. I mean, if you get a chance to check and it out. And where'd you see, did you rent um, that or how'd you see it? Yeah, we rented it from my, li- my library. Oh, that's cool. I wonder if it's streaming yeah. anywhere. It? But Not sure. That's a good question. I would, you know what? In the future, we should have where it is, where you can see yeah. it. Yeah. So no, I'm listeners. sure you can rent it online, but sometimes you can get it for free if you have Amazon or Netflix or something, you know? It's not free, but... Yeah, you know. Redbox, I'm sure, probably had yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's cool. So, Midsummer. Mike, yes. I know you did not I did see not, this. but it's, you know, it's it's on... That's on Amazon. Uh, if you have an Amazon Prime, you can watch that for free. Um, so I'm curious. I, I, you've kind of warned me and said I don't think you're going to like it, but well, and folks might take offense to that. See, I know Mike very well. Yeah, well, that's that's. I know it. I'm saying Matt's saying I wouldn't like it. He's not saying you wouldn't like it. Correct. I am saying I said to Mike. I warned Mike off this film because first of all, when Mike saw Hereditary back in 2018, um, he very quickly. <laughs> Didn't didn't answer my text right away when I said how was yeah. it? He didn't return my text, mm-hmm. and then there was kind of an awkward <laughs> emoji with a thumb down or something. Right. Um, and then shortly after that was my birthday, and he promptly got me the the, the Blu-ray when it yep. came out and gave it yeah, to me. Yeah, because I knew and you'd said, like it. You're gonna like this. <laughs> yeah, and I did. I that movie scared the hell out yeah. of me, and, and I do like it. And when I went to Midsummer, I really didn't hear too much about it. I stayed off the social media, um, pretty much. You know, threads that were running ads about it and people commenting about it um i've thought about that movie a lot since i've seen mm-hmm. it um and damn it it wasn't fun i mean you can't go into that film saying you know what i need a good time you know then watch fright night or watch silver bullet or you know don't not watch midsummer right. it's not fun yeah it is amazing from a technical standpoint i mean ari aster i, I this he directs the shit out of this movie it is so well constructed and made and filmed and photographed and the way the camera moves are it, and it doesn't detract it's just so it's really from a guy who's a master who really knows what he's doing with the camera um and it, it is to me it, it is a warped masterpiece of modern horror because it, it it is in that vein and everybody talks about these these new filmmakers and new horror and there is this crop of guys you know robert edgar's from the witch and um and the lighthouse which are just these very singular visions yeah. you know much like the, you know, kind of the kickback to where the 70s were, where they were really taking a lot of chances with horror. Yeah. You know? Like the, Sent- the Sentinel and the Exorcist and et cetera. Um, but if you didn't like Hereditary, which you didn't nope. like, you're, you're not going to like this. Um, but I really do think Ari Aster is, is a visionary. I, I will watch anything he does because, I mean, just the way he puts a movie together and, and the way he films things and directs actors and, and I just I'm very captivated by it and just excited to see what he's going to do that's that's cool well there you go well I'm happy you liked it so I don't want to take up too much time Mike but I also saw it chapter two okay quick what and do you think I, of that I had a lot of fun I had a lot of fun yeah with that. I thought it was good I thought it was cool I thought the adults did a great job all those actors were amazing you know there's there's definitely a good mix of 
of humor in there as well, but there was some really good scares, I thought. I know a lot of people, you know, they talk about this movie and they talk about the fact that, the, yes, the child story is the better part of the story, right? Yeah. I mean, it's the it's the one, and, and I, I, I agree with that, I do. But um, how do you not, like, applaud these adult actors? Like, they're, I mean, not, the, not even the look, the fact that they look like their younger counterparts, but just how good they are. Yeah. And not just Bill Hader, because he's... <laughs> He's a funny MFer, but um, you know, I just think there. You know what? What what did it is? I think they go on their individual quests in this movie, and it kind they kind of go on their own way, you know, in their own roots, and that kind of takes away from the group aesthetic and the fact that they're all trying to. I mean, they get they obviously reconvene to to face down Pennywise at the end and toward the end, but definitely it goes into their own individual, you know, quest, if you will. Yeah. And uh, the group dynamic was so strong when they were kids, and that's how they were able to defeat it. But now that, you know, it's driven them apart in a way. Um, but I kind of like that. I kind of thought it was cool to see where each character's fear was and how Pennywise was going to play that up, you know? Yeah, no, that was cool. One of it was... Uh, the best for me. Yeah, what, go ahead. Go no, ahead. no, no, no. I was, I'll mention something after you say what you're going to say. There's there's something I wanted to uh, talk about that's coming on Netflix, but go ahead. Um, my favorite part of the, of the movie probably was... Um, Richie's pep talk to uh, a hopelessly scared Eddie Capsbrack when he says, uh, who's the guy who pulled the knife from his own face and stuck Bowers with it? And Eddie goes, me. <laughs> who married a woman 10 times his own body mass? Also me. <laughs> He's like, see, you're braver than you yeah. think. And he like, pats him on the back. <laughs> it's just like this great pep. Like it, and it's almost like, was that written? Or did he just like fire that? I don't, I don't even know. Like it's so great. That's awesome. And I'm sure it was written, but it was just, oh man, it's so well That's done. That's great. That's so good. No, I was going to talk about the girl in uh, the young kid um, in in uh, it chapter two. She's she's in a new Netflix series. The young Be- the Beverly, the younger Beverly. Yes, character. yeah, she's in a new Netflix series that that's getting all these reviews, and it just got released today, and I haven't seen it. And I was trying to look up the title. It's like a sentence. Um, it's like uh, I don't know, like if. It's like if you didn't like me or so I don't know. It's something like that, but it's supposed to be. They're saying it's it's actually the same producers from Stranger Things, um, and I don't know if there's nice. like a psychological thing to it or or like you know paranormal. It's it's weird, but it's like the small town. Um, but I saw a trailer a while ago and it, it looked awesome. It just looked like a c- cool coming of age kind of story. Um, and it, so Mike, uh, yeah, Mike, thanks for um, telling listeners to f- they're flocking right now to the the, the nameless. <laughs> Show on I know Netflix I'm really helpful. That they have no idea. I know, but if people people know what I'm talking about, if they because if they have Netflix, because like I said, it just got released today. So anyway, listen, go to IMDb, go to it, yes, find out what the girl's oh, name is, press on her, and look at her filmography, and just up, do it now that you're way. Really making me mad, but so in the meantime, yes. Mike, ready or ready or not, dude? Mm-hmm. Holy crap! Did you see Ready or Not? Uh, ready or not? What's that? No, I didn't see that. You didn't see Ready or Not? I don't think so. Oh my god, dude. Samara Weaving? No. Oh, man. It is really, really, really good. Um, it's a it, it, it's such a tricky balance of tone in this movie. I can't believe you didn't see this movie. She she goes to, I guess, her her husband or her boyfriend. She's getting married. She's getting married. Okay. And she goes she goes to her husband, her husband to be's, um, you know, family to visit the family. Right. And obviously, there's something really, 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 really wrong with you know in the background yeah um because the the prelude or the um you know the prologue has told us that that this something is pretty messed up 
but you don't quite know what it is. Um, and then it kind of becomes a really crazy movie. It kind of takes a turn. I don't want to spoil oh, anything for wait, you. Wait, is this the one with the game? Yeah, oh, yeah, dude. I did see this. I'm sorry. You know what? You were asking me that while I was looking up <laughs> what what show this is, so I wasn't paying attention completely. So I'm I Yeah, I mean, I really, really like this movie. And now um, you maybe forget lot. the name of the, <laughs> the show. I'm not okay oh, with this. God. That's what it's called. I'm not okay. I am with not this. okay so with this. That's the name of the show. So anyway, I'm sorry. That's the Netflix show. Yeah. So go check that yeah, one yeah, out. Yeah. But Ready or Not. And was also great. check out Ready or yeah. Not. Excellent. I, mean, I thought it was suspenseful. I thought the ending was really cool. Um, I enjoyed it. Yeah. No, it was good. Um, yeah, I thought it was fun. You know, that was definitely a fun, uh, fun sort of you know drama action. You know, it was really cool. And I thought, uh, who's the main actress in that? Smart Samara. Yes, Weaving, she's great. She's really good. Um, she, she did a great job with that. Oh, she's fantastic. Yeah, she's she kills it. Yeah, it was good. Um, I told you about. So what have you seen, Mike? Well, I st- I told you about that new movie on Netflix called Polaroid, which I thought was pretty interesting. It, is she in that? Is she in that as well? No, she's not in that. No, okay. um, but it was it was pretty good. You know, it's definitely it's worth a watch if you have Netflix. Check it out. It's like made directly for Netflix. Um, but it's kind of uh, I think it was based on a short film, and then. It got picked up and they made it into this full length, but it's kind of a cool story about like a kind of like a haunted Polaroid camera, and there's you know like a backstory that you learn towards the end what what happened. Oh yeah, this is this is what I was telling you. It sounded like say cheese and die, the goosebumps yes, story. Yes, yes, exactly. Yes, book number four, by the way, in the original series. Yeah, look at you with your your uh, your knowledge. I, I stare at it every day at work. I have it on my bookshelf. So. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Polaroid was good, um, and then you and I both did our kind of Valentine's Day. A slew of movies, Valentine. Yes, Valentine's Day passed was about two weeks ago now, yeah. and um, we caught up with Valentine. Oh, love it. You introduced me to that. You said, Mike, you gotta, you love the 90s. You got it. Well, that wasn't 90s, right? It was early 2000s, I think. That was 2001, I believe. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you just got the, the new uh, Scream Factory, My Bloody Valentine. Tell us about that. Mike, I can't speak highly enough <laughs> i am I, I scream on to me this is scream factory's finest hour i have i have tons of scream factory releases my bloody valentine the job they did with this transfer and restoring all that um original you know unrated footage yeah. back into the natural flow of the film yeah. it's gorgeous it is absolutely just drop dead go- I, I watched it three times in this in one week i know you kept telling me you were like i'm three- watching it again <laughs> I, i'm obsessed i could not stop it's such a good movie. it has become quickly one of my favorite you know and one of my least seen horror movies when i was younger i really only saw it like one time when i was younger i didn't like oversee that film at all but now i'm obsessed with it as an adult it's like one of my favorite slashers of all it's time, so good man it's so good um, yeah, and we will be talking about that one later on this year. I'm not going to spoil that either, but we will be going into that. Yeah, one. no, definitely, definitely. It's it's. Uh, yeah, I, I I didn't get it just because I have I forget who made the version. I have I forget who who makes it, but I have a pretty decent version. Oh, Lionsgate, Lionsgate, back in 2009 or t- 2010, they released. That. Right, I remember that? Yes. And there's there's a lot of stuff on it, but I might have to splurge and get the Scream Factor just so I have it. But um, Mike, you have to. Yeah, you have yeah. To. And then I was telling you this was fun. We have um. We happen to have a 3D television up up on our third floor where my son plays video games and stuff. Um, yes. We didn't get the TV on purpose. It just had it, you know? So I happen to have a 3D Blu-ray player. So um, I showed my son Mikey uh, My Bloody Valentine 3D in 3D uh, for the first time this, this year, which was a lot of fun watching that, you know, in 3D. 
Oh, such a great, such a great remake. Oh, it's so good. But to see it in 3D. Slash reimagining. Yeah, to see it in 3D was really cool. Because it's not like the old 3D. It's like the actual new 3D, you know, with the 3D glasses and stuff. So you really get yes. the effect. It's not like the the cheesy, you know, red and green or red and blue or whatever. That's, that's what I have. I have the D, I have the DVD with that came with the three pairs of glasses or whatever. So I watch it that way. Yeah, it's fun. So. It's fun. But it's it's really cool to see it in the uh, the newer style 3D. You know, it was neat. So yeah, for sure, man. But anyway, so let's uh, let's get to it. Oh, before we get to it, um, if people don't know, we now have a Patreon uh, site where we give bonus content, bonus episodes. We do Matt does articles. Um, I've written an article. We do some some short videos that we post on there as well. Um, and if you don't know what Patreon is, it's like a it's like a creator subscription service to, where you can help support uh, other creators like us. And uh, if you if you really like the podcast and you'd like to support us, you you give a certain dollar amount each month uh, that you subscribe to us. And you can cancel at any time. But during that time that you subscribe to us, you get access to this. Uh, this special content. So, yes. um, so if you go to patreon.com backslash alone in the dark podcast, you can check out our page and see what we have to offer you guys. And then you can decide if you'd like to subscribe, but uh, there will be uh, a companion episode with this podcast that will be on Patreon. There will be that we will have yep. some extra picks that uh, you can listen to. If you can't get enough of us, you can have more. <laughs> yeah. Because we're so irresistible. Yeah, so check that out. And then last shameless plug, if you guys have uh, an Apple product, if you could subscribe and rate us on uh, on iTunes or on Apple Podcasts, uh, that would really help us as well. It goes a long way, right, man? Yeah, man. It does. A long way. Yes. So, uh, so we are talking about horror gateways, right, Matt? Um, we are. And, you know, one thing I wanted to clarify for people and people... Yeah, not to be confused with the episode 31, I believe, which was scenes that gave us nightmares, right? right? That was the distinction we wanted to make. That was specifically scenes from horror films right. um, when we were younger that gave us nightmares. These gateways are even maybe prior to even watching horror films, like things when you were really, really young that were kind of formative things right. so in our youth. Not necessarily that movies. Were outside of the, this could be correct. other things that I mean, led they could us be down things from movies, yeah. right. This right, is exactly. kind of what led us to what, why we love horror films and stuff. So, Yes, and I sir. I think a lot of people will relate to these and, you know, hopefully have some of the same picks, you know, or think of some of the same picks. And maybe a couple little new... Th I'm sure people will relate to some of these for sure. And then there'll be some... Um, you know, on the Patreon episode, for sure, there'll be some more personalized stuff uh, from mine and yours, youth. But then there's going to be hopefully some other new things that maybe you can uh, check out. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. So uh, we'll get this started. We're going to do a top five, and we're going to work our way down. So uh, who's going to go and, first? Yeah, and these are in no, no particular order, by the oh, way. Oh, they're not in particular order? I put mine in order. I mean, I, I did rank mine. But, you know, honestly, when I look at these, um, you know, the five through three or two really could kind of be interchangeable. The number one is pretty solid, you know, solid at number one, okay. but you know, so I, yeah. I mine, mine are in order. So oh, well, you're a better person than I well, say. <laughs> we did have a phone conversation where we agreed to put it in order. Just the I, other I day. believe I, I insisted that you do it. And now I'm <laughs> blanking on that. But anyway, what is your number five? Mike? Oh, Maddie, my 
number five is... Our family had the toughest time making friends. Then we bought Pressman's new video cassette game, Doorways to Horror. Now we have lots of friends, right, Mummy? Doorways to Horror is what you play along with famous Hollywood film monsters. It really takes mm. brains. It's the VCR game you can really sink your teeth into. And they love it, too. The little monsters. Pressman's new video cassette game, Doorways to Horror. It's so much fun, it's scary. Also look for Doorways to Adventure. All right, so Matt, the year was 1986, and uh, wow! If if people you know were around the same age as us, there there was a slew of these like VHS VCR board games, um, right? And I, I remember besides this one, the other one that I played all the time was the Clue uh, VCR game. I don't know if you ever played that one, but. I played it all the time. No, I didn't. Clue is like one of my favorite board games. So uh, when they came out with the, the the VCR edition, I had to get it, and that that's one that I played a lot. But uh, this one um, back in 1986, Doorways to Horror, um, was so much fun because it it really kind of took almost like what Monster Squad did. It took like all the classic uh, movie monsters right. and put them in this this game. Um, and what they the, the way the game plays is you sort of um, you start the tape and then there's like an actual board game, uh, like a board that you play. But then there's like certain things when you move around, it's like play, press play now. And then you like roll dice and you see what you get. But the cool thing is the, the whole VCR part of it is they put all these classic monster movie clips into uh, the game. So right. it sort of introduced me to a lot of the these like classic uh, horror figures, you know, um, that I didn't know a lot about. Like, of course, I knew Dracula and Frankenstein and stuff, but there were, of course, there were yeah. a couple other like some really bad like B movie stuff that's put in there. That's kind of fun, you know, like this like Ed Wood kind of style stuff. Um, <laughs> the there's just a lot of that stuff. So it really introduced me to these classic figures. Um, one that I remember the most. I don't know what I was trying to find out what movie it was, but there's like a scene of like a witch and like her face is just like melting. And I remember it just like freaked me out when I was a kid. It was like really, really disturbing for, you know, this game that was supposed to be for like eight and up, you know what I mean? Um, right. So there was definitely some clips in there that, that kind of were disturbing and kind of freaked me out. But then you know, of course there's a lot of like, you know, just silly B horror kind of stuff. Um, this is kind of yeah, like, like from like like them or something like I have a giant spider. Yeah, or like all that stuff. Yeah, 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 there was like a lot of that mm-hmm. stuff in there. But so this is like kind of right right before I really kind of dove into my love of horror, going into uh, national video or West Coast video, and sort of being able to rent these films, you know, and really kind of getting into it. Um, so it's just one of those things that that this game sort of got me in. It was like a gateway for me to really like be interested like i wonder what clip that movie's from or i wonder what this is from you know um and seeing this like witch melting face and being like oh my god that's really scary but i want to watch it again you know so it was kind of like a cool uh introduction to horror for me um and it's funny i recently you've seen it before but i found this on ebay and oh, and bought it. it so i have it i have the game in like pristine condition 
Um, and I haven't. Tell me you didn't spend like a buck fifty on that thing or something. No, it wasn't one hundred fifty bucks. I think it was like I think it was like thirty or forty bucks. It wasn't you know it wasn't too bad. Um, but it's it's reasonable. Everything was in there. You know what I mean? It's like in perfect condition. So, um, I haven't played it yet though. Uh, I you know I could probably play it with. We gotta play. Maybe we should. Maybe no, it'd be a terrible live. I was gonna say it'd be a terrible live episode to do. We could do a live video or something. You know, and play like a YouTube. Yeah, that would be fun. That would be fun. But I'm dying to play it again. You know, so uh, so yeah, that's my uh, that's my number five gateway uh, sorry doorways to horror uh from 1986 from uh pressman uh games so yeah that's my number five so what's your number five don't don't knock you might die (laughs) so my number five is very very uh well known for children especially young children and it's scooby-doo Classic, Maddie. Mike, who do you think? What what artist? What what '90s artist comes to your mind when you hear that theme song like that? Who kind of had that sound in the '90s? Who had that sound? Girlfriend. In the... Oh, girlfriend Matthew Sweet. And altered, dude. You think Matthew Sweet? He, really? Mike, let me tell you. When I believe it's Mystery Incorporated, which is in the early 2000s, which is absolutely the greatest modern um, past 2000s Scooby Doo episodes there are. Mister, look for the Mystery Incorporated episodes. There's like 52 episodes. Um, they are absolutely phenomenally put together. They're hilarious. Awesome. Um, and I believe Matthew Sweet does the reimagining of the theme song. I believe he does the theme song. It sounds so cool. Well, you know what's funny? when you As soon as you said that, I said I was kind of like surprised. But remember um, Austin Powers. He did the music for uh, Austin Powers. Uh, the, yeah, the throat when he goes back to whatever, right? Nineteen. Yeah, he did all like that the, sort of like in between scenes is like, bow, 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 yeah, like a lot of that's right. Yeah, and it it definitely has that same kind of sound, so that totally makes sense. Yeah, he saw like Beach Boys and and all that stuff, all that psychedelic. Yes. He loved that stuff. Anyway, uh, Scooby Doo, Mike, come on, what better gateway into horror is there than Scooby Doo? Right? Yeah, that's I mean, true. That's true. It's, it's it's pretty perfect. It's it's it's. Rock candy for little kids, you know. It's like this this perfect little thing that you can just put on when you're four years old, you know, when you're in pre-K, in preschool, and watch till you're pretty much, you know, second, third grade, and still enjoy um, watching. That was pretty much when I watched it a lot, you know, in those ages from like preschool probably till about second, third grade. Yeah. Um, you know, because I'm. What's interesting about this episode in particular is it kind of delineates pretty quickly between the fact that I was already. You know, with my friend Mikey D, I was already digesting things I shouldn't have been <laughs> way sooner than you were. You were a late bloomer, right? Yeah, Mike? I was definitely later than you. My parents wouldn't let me watch stuff until I was probably 13 or 14, you know? Well, if my mother ever listens to this, let's clarify. She really necessarily wouldn't let me do it either. I just did anyway. <laughs> I found it because if you're a horror fan, man, you, you got to have it. Yeah. It's like drugs. And, <laughs> and that's once I started, I couldn't stop. So Scooby-Doo, Mike, I mean... This, we're talking about, you know, we listen to that theme song 
1969 to 1970, that original series came out. Now, was I watching the original series as they aired in 1969? No, I wasn't born, right. obviously. Yes. Um, we're not that old. No. But, um, you know, but they were re- they were aired again in the late 70s on, on, t- on network TV. Oh, yeah, they were on all the certainly. time. Yeah, of course. And, you know, this is where you learned about haunted mansions and ghosts that took their heads off sometimes, you know? Yeah. And horror, my horror equaled fun. This is this was fun, right? So much fun. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at just a couple of uh, examples here. Like, they had a ghoulish bank robber in um, in this Jeepers. It's the Creeper episode. I remember that one. The one you remember, and I know you and I both share this one probably. A clue for Scooby Doo. Which one was uh, it's that? It's episode three. It's the ghost in the green glowing sea diver suit, Oh, dude. yes. I totally remember that one. Oh, my God. Of course you do. <laughs> and the disappearing boat mystery. It's like you and I like love that stuff. I feel I have a feeling like it started right here, Mike. It's like got us into that. Yeah. That whole mar- mariners and, and, the, and the love of the sea and ships and whaling and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, just the kind of spookiness and the fog out in the, out in the water. Yes, yeah. all that. Mm-hmm. Of course. Um. And the other one I remember really quick, um, really clearly is A Night of Fright is No Delight. <laughs> that was episode 16 where Scooby-Doo inherits a, a colonel's fortune, but he can, only, he can only get it if he spends the night in the castle. And it's haunted by like these green phantoms that are all like flying around. I remember that one too. Yes. Yeah. It's so pretty fun. much like one of the, yeah, it's, it's, one, so those are like the main images when people post Scooby-Doo stuff. You see like the orange, the, it's orange, excuse me, the green goblins like floating around and stuff. Yeah. So uh, Scooby-Doo, Mike, I mean, it's it's gone through so many iterations at this point. Uh, they had What's New Scooby-Doo. They had Get a Clue Scooby-Doo. I mean, there's so many yeah. different um, different versions. You know, they had the live-action ones, obviously, yep. from the from the early 2000s as well with um, the brilliant Matthew Lillard um, doing doing uh, Shaggy. Yeah, his voice is but, uh, Kate, You know, Casey Kasem did him for years, and Frank Welker has been there since the beginning doing Fred, I think, and Scooby-Doo's voices. And uh, that's just, it'll always stick with me as something that, I hold near and dear to my heart. So uh, Scooby Doo is number five. Nice. And there's a new movie coming out this summer. It's a uh, animated. No, there's not. Yeah, it's like a prequel. It's like about how how they all met. Um, oh, well, they have a they have a live action one where they they all met straight to video one. Oh, they have. You should yes. Check it out. It's really good. Yes. No, I heard about that one, but this is like a new one that's animated, um, and it looks really cute. I just saw the trailer for it when I took uh, I took Mikey to see the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. So, but anybody else that has kids out there. Definitely check out uh, Scooby Doo, and and also from 2010, I think there's a, a standalone movie that they released on DVD. It's called uh, Camp Scare. It's a great one. Awesome. Um, Good stuff. It's really, really a, one of my favorites too. That became one of my favorites. And my son Christopher watched it a lot with me. Um, and over the past like three, four years, we really got into watching it. We go in the library, we just take a whole bunch of them out and watch them. So it was great. That's awesome. Good pick, Maddie. Nice number five. Thanks, dude. Number four, Mike. Number four, Matt. Um, this is something that I'm pretty sure you've probably seen because I know you're a big fan of this guy. But there was a little show in the 80s uh, called Alfred Hitchcock Presents. Oh, of course, dude. And the what was the show in the 60s? Was it Alfred Hitchcock Theater? I forget what it... No, I think it, I think it was also called Alfred Hitchcock Presents. Was it? I thought it had a different... If I'm not mistaken. I thought it had a different ending. But anyway, so, you know, I've talked about, um, like, the show Amazing Stories. That's, like, my all-time favorite show. So around the time in the 80s, uh, around this time in the mid-80s, there was shows like Amazing Stories. Uh, that yes. Then, you know, obviously the classic Twilight Zone. They redid that in the 90s, I believe, right? 
I think it may have that may have been. Did, was that the nineties, or was that like a late eighties revival? I can't. I remember. I think it was. I think it may have been the late eighties as well. Yeah. Yeah. So there's like a lot of these shows were coming out, and you know they were sort of like these standalone episodes um, that sort of had something to do with something scary. Sometimes they weren't amazing stories. weren't always scary. But Alfred Hitchcock Presents was one of those shows that I watched with my parents uh, every week. And uh, I don't remember too many of the episodes except for one that I'll never forget. And it's the one episode that really got me into not only horror, but got me into uh, like a twist. You know, you know how much I love twists, Maddie, right? At the end of the story. So the episode is titled Final Escape. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Don't even tell me you're going to talk about this. Yes, dude, because the hair just stood up on my arms. The guy that's trying to escape from jail. Well, in, in this in this version, the 80s version, it was a woman. Uh, in the original version, it was a man. They did a switch. From the 60s version, it was a man. And then they redid the episode just like they did, uh, like Twilight Zone, you know, they would redo for like the Twilight Zone movie. Remember they had like kick the can, you know? Um, yes, they, yes. They redid they it. imagine that, yes. Uh, yep. So they, they redid this episode for the 80s version, uh, Final Escape, but it was a woman. I don't know if you remember, it was a woman. Um, and she was accused of killing her husband and she was kind of like a, like a well-to-do woman, sort of nose up in the air, you know, really snotty, thought she was better than everyone. Um, but this show, uh, this show aired, I'll never forget. It aired October 27th, 1985 on NBC. So it was right before Halloween. So I think that's why this episode stayed with me too, because I was in such like the Halloween mood. Um, you know, being that close to Halloween, um, that it was, it was such like a fun episode to watch to kind of get you in the spirit. Um, so anyway, like I said, a woman was convicted of murdering her husband. Um, and then like, I'll never forget, like in court, she was like wearing her sunglasses and she was giving like an attitude to the judge. So the judge sentences her for life in prison. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I'm going to spoil this just because I have to, because it's so good. But, um, even if I spoil it for you and you don't go back and watch it before you listen to this, um, you watch it after because it's still an amazing episode. I think it might be on YouTube. Um, but anyway, so she's convicted. She's in jail. Um, she treats everyone like garbage. The the guards, the other prison mates, you know, she's like better than everyone. Make her make her unlikable, yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of reminds me of... Uh, um, uh, Thanks for the ride, lady. You know, like how she's sort yes, of... Yes, exactly. Yeah, she's yeah. like that. So anyway... Um, so she tries to escape once in like a laundry basket. Uh, she plans this yes, escape. Yes, dude. Mike, she, the hair stood up on my arms. You're remembering this, right? Tell, holy crap. Dude, this episode is so good. It's, it's insane. And it freaked, freaked But she makes out. like a, she makes like a plan that she, it, it, that with somebody in there that she's going to go, yeah, that, like she's going to go out, like you said, with the, she tries with the laundry or right. something, but then there's well, let me, a thing that she's going to get in. Go ahead. Yeah. So anyway, so then she befriends. Uh, this old man who who isn't a prisoner, but he works uh, at the prison, and he is the um, he's like the the burial guy. He buries when prisoners die. Yes, he he like you know digs the hole and buries the coffin. Um, so he's in charge of that. So she befriends this guy with a plan. So after a, a while of you know kind of kissing up to this guy, she says, "Oh, and th- this guy has like something's wrong with his eyes. Like his eyes are." Um, he, his eyes are really bad and he needs like the surgery, but it's really expensive and he can't afford it. So she makes him a deal. Yeah, yes. She says, I'll pay for your surgery if you help me escape. And he has cataracts or something. Yeah, yeah. something like that. He needs something and he, his eyes will be okay. 
And she says, if you let me, uh, next time someone dies, I'll climb into the coffin um, and you bury the coffin and then you come back for me, dig me up and let me, let me escape and then I'll get you the exactly. money. So, uh, oh my God, dude. It's just this episode freaked me out. I just remember this is like probably the first time my jaw ever dropped. Like literally, you know, like physically dropped uh, by seeing an episode or a movie. So anyway, so she, there's like something with a bell when someone dies. I think that's what it was. There's like a bell. So yes. she knows. So she she plans and she gets out of her, out of her uh, you know, out of her prison cell and she goes and she gets into this coffin quickly. And, you know, you kind of... She gets taken to the graveyard. You know, you kind of see her perspective inside, and it's really dark. And she hears the, you know, the 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 dirt getting, you know, covered, covering her up. And she doesn't seem scared because she knows she's going to be, you know, she's going to be out soon. Um, yeah. And then time goes by, and she's waiting, and she's waiting, and the man is not coming to get her. And she doesn't know what's going on. She's panicking. She doesn't know what to do. And somehow I think doesn't she, she have a lighter? Doesn't she have a lighter in her pocket? A lighter or, or matches or something. And she lights the matches and she turns and looks and it's the man. It's the grave digger. He that's had, supposed to dig her out. He had he's died. The one who died. And he's the yes. only one that knows of mm-hmm. her plan. So now she is trapped. And I'll never She's forget the alive. last shot. It was like a shot from above ground, and all you see is the grave, the newly dug grave that's covered up, and you just hear her screaming for for her life. Um, oh my very God, like uh, Edgar Allan Poe, right? Like it's it's got oh, that. Yeah. Oh my God, dude! I mean, listen. What about the uh, the Vanishing? Which one was the Vanishing? That's well, the remake, American remake, had Kiefer Sutherland and Sandra Bullock in it. But um, that's the premise of that movie is the the whole thing about being buried alive. It's so freaky, but for sure this this precede the um, this preceded at least the, definitely the remake. It came before, yeah. But this is unmistakably the one that. When you started talking about it, I said, oh, my God, I'm in. This is the one. Yeah. That's it's the one I remember. It's definitely the one that that stayed with me. Um, I just, oh, man, I still, like, any time I watch that episode, it just, it gives me chills. Like you said, it's just crazy. Uh, I got to track that down. I got to watch dude, it. Dude, it's so good. But anyway, it's one of those things that just seeing, like, seeing that show and just just having that twist and that really, really just crazy twist um, it just made me love horror and just made me love that, you know, that sort of twisty, suspenseful kind of thing. Uh, really well done. You know what? I've never seen the original, so I, I need to go back and watch that one because that'd be... Uh, yeah, definitely. And I'm telling you, it's definitely Alfred Hitchcock Presents back in the uh, in the 50s as well. Yeah, yeah. So I'll have to check that out. So that was my number four, Maddie. So what's your number four? Oh, man, I'm still shaking from that one. <laughs> um, so my number four is a little bit strange, possibly, but... Um, and I... I probably mentioned it on the podcast before, but maybe just in passing. So I'm going to spend a little more time with it now. Not a lot, certainly. Um, and it's the I'm not mommy game that my mother used to play. <laughs> Those of you right now that are going, wait, what did he just say? <laughs> I just said the I'm not mommy game. So how does that work, Matt? How in the world does that work? Was this released well, by Pressman Games also, Matt? <laughs> this was not released by Pressman Games. This was a, a, a Stripoli household exclusive. <laughs> and it was my mother effing with my head when I was a young kid. <laughs> and for reasons unknown. I was a pretty good kid. I, um, I was accommodating. I was a pleaser. I like to please people and make people happy and do the right thing and respect my parents. So I was also a very inquisitive child. I asked a lot of questions when I was growing up. Yeah. 
And I guess sometimes my mother just reached a point where she's like, you know what? Let's see what happens now. <laughs> and she'd look over at me. She would stop folding the laundry. Or, and she'd stand sometimes and just slowly turn, kind of like Michael Myers oh my in a way, <laughs> when he sits up and looks in Halloween, the first one. And then she'd just have this emotionless face and she'd just say, and I'd be like, and, I'd be, and I'd be, my sentence would kind of hang in the air. I'd be like, so what was that, mommy? Is that, is that how the, you know, we're watching something on TV right. and folding laundry. Like I said, was that just this thing, mommy? I'm not mommy. <laughs> and I go, wait, what? Mom, come on, mom, stop. And I'd be like, stop. And she just had this emotionless <laughs> expression and she'd keep it up. Like she stayed in character. Oh my gosh. dude! <laughs> and then sometimes dude, the creepiest times. Okay. was when I was really small. She'd like suddenly get down on all fours and she'd start crawling toward me slowly what? going, I'm not mommy. Oh my God. I'm not mommy. And Mike, I, I swear to God, I cried a couple of times. Dude. Like I remember like just being so scared out of my mind. Did you like, need therapy after this or what? This dude, is messed up, man. It is messed up. Oh my gosh. So when I finally started whimpering, she'd stop and then she'd wrap me in her arms, cover me with kisses and be like, oh, it's me. It's me. I'm just messing with you. No, she, I guess... It, it kind of stirred my imagination. It kind of started me. Believe it, that's why we're, this is a perfect gateway because it really started me thinking, like, on the lines of, "Wow, that's horrific." <laughs> like, what if my mother, like, which is the center of the universe for me, because my parents got divorced pretty early on, and my mom was the one that was always home, right? Uh, even working part time, but still home. And what if the center of my universe wasn't really my mom anymore? Oh my what if she just became something else? You know. Meanwhile, I'm I'm watching. Uh, the bionic woman and, and, and the kill Oscar part one or whatever, you know, these fembots, remember the fembots, which rips the face off of them, Jamie Summers. And, yeah. and there's like robots underneath. I was so freaked out. I'm like I'm surrounded by this. Nobody's what they seem to be. Dude. My mom's not my mom. The, the, the women are fembots and they're like robots underneath with mechanisms, you know, spinning around. I got so freaked out, man. I think she enjoyed it a little bit too much. My mom, I really do. So that's the, uh, Hasbro, you can have that one. But, um, I we got to make a fake commercial for that. We do. And we got to get we your do. mom. We got to get your mom to do the voice, dude. We do. And uh, honestly, it would be a really, really good commercial because it's going to be like, you know, before pre-internet, this is how people entertain themselves. Oh, you know? my gosh. That's great. You know, my mom, anyway, used to, um, my mom used to do something similar. She used to do this thing where she would turn to me and she would like do this thing with her teeth. Um, I can't like gnash her teeth. She she'd sort of like pull her lips back and she'd be like and like make this noise and I, I would be like stop stop. <laughs> so she used to. Well, your mom's also the one that was putting the grapes in the bowl, telling you that they're eyeballs. On well, that was right? for that was for like Cub Scouts or something. You know, it was like a Halloween special oh, yeah. thing on Cub Scouts. You know, that was fun. Um, but yeah, so that's crazy, dude. Look at your mom, man. Yeah, dude. Twist. Yeah, thanks, mom. Thanks for making me who I am today. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I love it. <laughs> Insecure. Oh gosh. Untrustworthy. Untrusting. No. No, it's all good, man. No, it's all good. It was really good gateway. Yeah, it was great. Good gateway. Mm-hmm. So you're up to number three here, Mike. Yes. My number three is a special one, and it is The Haunted Mansion at Long Branch is a living, breathing nightmare of more than thirty incredible rooms, each with its own very special surprise. Wander through its myriad of secret passageways and winding labyrinths. Discover the graveyard of the living dead and its unimagined terror. There's Renfield and his spiders. The Prince of Darkness, Count Dracula, and many more. At the haunted mansion at Long Branch, it's waiting for you. 
So, Matt, for people that don't know New Jersey, uh, we live on the Jersey Shore, correct? Yes, um, correct. And there was, you know, there's there's still a bunch of them, but there was a lot of piers. Um, uh, there's like amusement parks and stuff. You know, you can go to Wildwood. You can go to Point Pleasant, Seaside Heights, right? Seaside Heights, yep. But yep. back in 1978, close to us in a town called Long Branch, there was the Long Branch um, Pier. and Yeah, Monmouth County, yep. And I think what was the water? The water park was called like Fun World or something like that. Do you remember? There was like yeah, I think so. I think so. It was Adventure Park. I forget what it was called. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever right. go on those water slides though? They were fun. Of of course. Yeah, yeah. It was a good time. So anyway, this was kind of a fun place. Opened in 1978. I didn't start going until the mid 80s. Obviously, you know, as as probably you did. Um, yeah, I think I went a little earlier because you know that's the way I did it. Yeah, and you know, a lot of people could argue. You know, I, I thought about this because. Obviously, I would. I probably went to the Disney's Haunted Mansion first. Um, you know, when I was hundred percent when I was younger, um, and I still love that place to death. You know, anytime I go to Disney, I have to go there. It's great. Um, I mean, I would have put that on my list, Mike. That would have been number one. But we, uh, you were talking about the Haunted Mansion. I didn't want to double up on Haunted Mansion. Yeah, that's no, could, uh, that's cool. It's all good. Um, and then another one. I don't know. Did you ever go to Dracula's Castle in Wildwood? That's another famous one. Uh, that, no, I never went to that oh, one. That's a good one too. But the one in Long Branch stays with me because I used to go to it all. I was obsessed. I would have my parents take me there all the time, and I that's all I wanted to do was go through that haunted mansion. And it, well, it was te- it was fifteen minutes away. Yeah, too. it was so close to us. It was great, you know. Um, and it was a really well done haunted house. I don't know if you remember it, but it was it was cool. Like it's probably if it was open today, um, it'd probably seem a lot smaller now, you know. But when I was right. when I was like thirteen or fourteen or twelve, I don't remember the first time I went in it. It seemed humongous to me, you know. It was like never ending, and it was just so many great scares. Um, the you know the teenagers that worked there uh, were amazing. Um, I loved it. I was obsessed. I wanted to work there, and it, it got so bad that I actually got kicked out. Wow. Um, there was one. How did you get kicked out of the haunted mansion, Mike? <laughs> there was a hallway. Um, that had like a really good like turn so you could hide behind like a corner and I decided I wanted to work there so I just decided I was going to start scaring people so I would uh I would go in and I would get around this corner and I would just wait for people to come and I would jump out and scare them um and they must had cameras or something because somebody came somebody came after about 15 minutes 20 minutes and grabbed me by the wrist and was like let's go and they (laughs) they took me out and they basically like opened the door and kicked me out and said don't come back um i was so upset but the whole time i'm like you should hire me like i'm doing your job you know what i mean like i'm like i was girls were screaming like teenage boys were screaming I was doing a great job by scaring you. Were audi- you were auditioning. That was your job. Pretty much, auditioning. dude. I should have. I should have worked there. Unfortunately, uh, I think a year later, uh, this whole pier burnt down. Remember, it was big news in New it Jersey. Did. Yeah, yeah it was huge fire. Yes. Oh, it was crazy, man. It was so so sad. But uh, but I really wish I had the chance to uh, possibly work there. It would have been fun. Um, and you know, there's certain things like I even remember while you're waiting in line, you would just like hear this music playing constantly. It was like this really cool music. Uh, there's a great website. If you search long branch haunted house, like they actually have the music on the website where you can listen to it. It's pretty cool. But, uh, anyway, Matt, so that was kind of, you know, like I said, obviously Disney's haunted mansion, you know, is, is a good start, but 
Long Branch for me was really where my true love of like horror and haunted mansions came from because you know how much I love going to haunted attractions, you know, and this is the memory of going to this Long Branch haunted mansion. It just, it just, you know, my love of haunted mansions come from, from that, you know. Uh, and like the like the uh, commercial teases, Mike, it's waiting for it you. It is waiting for you, Maddie. So there you go, number th- number three. Let's hear yours, Matt. That's beautiful, man. Thanks, so dude. My number three is um, is a book, and it's a book from 1977. No, it is not. I know what you did last summer by um, Lewis Duncan. Lewis Lewis Duncan. It's Lois. not that one. I always say Lewis. It is um it is a book by J.B. Stamper, and actually J.B. Stamper is a woman as well. Oh. And she wrote this little collection of stories called Tales for the Midnight Hour. Mm. The reason this is such a special book is the way the way I kind of happened upon these stories. So every year, um, my stepfather and my mother would take us up in the third week of June. We would go up to a place called Black Lake. It's a 22-mile lake, and it's an all-the-way, all-the-way up um, in Hammond, New York, about 15 miles from the St. Lawrence River and the Canadian border. Wow. So it's just all the way up. It's eight hour, eight hour drive from Middletown where we grew up. And there were, you know, we fished all day, played horseshoes and met a lot of people and at the campfires at night, Mike, we, you know, we had s'mores and there were stories and, <laughs> you know, the younger kids would have to go to bed and the older kids stayed there and, you know, hung out and with the guitar or told, telling like, you know, scary stories so there came a time when I didn't want to go inside or I snuck back out. Um, <laughs> I was supposed to be sleeping, but I went back out by the campfire and they would take this book out. This, and then they had this book at the campfire and they would literally read, um, especially when I was there, when the younger kids were there, they wanted to scare the shit out of us, you know? Yep. That was like, you know, the rite of passage. You had to do that. That was part of the gig. Um, so they'd take this book out and they'd read these stories aloud from this book, but they, and they would do it really in a, in a very theatrical way, like... They wouldn't just read it like monotone. It would it would really like kind of emphasize and you know it was, it was good reading as somebody who appreciates a, a good speaker and somebody who reads well. Right. Um, so I want to just give you a little excerpt here, Mike. It's from a story called "The Furry Collar." It's just the end here. So it's a story of um, a boy and a girl, and they're upstairs in a room, and the, they hear a noise coming from downstairs, and the boy runs down the stairs to kind of investigate. Oh, excuse me, the girl does runs down the stairs to investigate. Isn't that funny? The girl takes the lead and runs downstairs. <laughs> I, I thought it was kind of, you know, ahead of its time. Yeah, that's, in a way. that is. And it's cool. And the boy's sitting there and he's scared to death and he hears the sound and he hears her footsteps. So he's comforted by her footsteps and the fact that, you know, okay, well, you know, I hear her and she's going down the first flight of stairs and then she's going down the basement steps and, you know, he's hearing these funky sounds in between and then he doesn't hear anything. And then he's like, oh shit. So he's staying in this dark, dark room, right? Yeah. And he literally can't see the hand like two inches in front of his face. So then he hears the footsteps again, but now they're like slow and they're deliberate. But he's like, oh, okay, it's Susan. She's coming back up the stairs and she's going to be back up here in a minute. You know, there's, there was really no big deal. And she closed the shutters or whatever it was and she's coming back. Um, and he was freaking out and freaking out and freaking out in this darkness. And then the shuffling footsteps reached the second flight of stairs. And then finally the door opens. And he reaches his arms out um, and says, my fingers closed around the thick fur of Susan's collar. My body drained with relief. I moved my hands up to touch Susan's face. I was so happy. I no longer wanted to scare her because he was planning to scare her when she came back. Right. But then he ended up being so much more scared that she didn't come back. So now here he was and he's very relieved. 
But as my fingers moved up from the furry collar, there was, there was nothing. Only the bloody stump where Susan's head had been. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so I was like, you know, for me, you know, for my little, you know, eight-year-old mind, I was Ugh. like, damn, that was a twist, right? Holy crap! Well, yeah. I didn't see that coming. Like she came back upstairs. How did she come back upstairs without a head? Ugh. You know, and a bloody stump. So I was like, oh man. So it's like little stories like that that kind of like really started stirring my my writer's voice and and, and imagination. Yeah. You know? So, uh, Tales for the Midnight Hour by J.B. Stamper. Um, there's a bunch of other stories in here. There's a collection. I was lucky enough, Mike, uh, when you had your store in the early two, to mid-2000s yeah. on Mammoth Street in Red Bank, across the street, a couple stores down, before the liquor store was in there, there was a Pyramid Books, a used bookstore. Yep, I remember it. And, I used to, and of course, I used to go in and I used to peruse. So, one day I'm in there and I literally froze in my footsteps. I stopped short. Because I saw this book and I'm like, oh my God, that looks so familiar. I look a little closer. It's Tales for the Midnight Hour. It's the same book Dude. that I've been looking for in used bookstores for years and That's years. That's amazing. So this is like 25 years later. I finally found it. And not only that, Mike, I found um, the companion pieces, more Tales for the Midnight Hour, still more Tales wow. for the Midnight Hour. And even more tales for the midnight hour. <laughs> so I stepped in shit, man. That one day I bought four of these books for like five bucks. That's They're like awesome. a buck each. A buck twenty-five, you know, whatever they were. So it's a really cool little um, collection of stories that really reminds me of being young and going up to Black Lake where I don't really go that much anymore. My family does sometimes, but I haven't gone up there in years and years. Oh, that's, that's cool. Just what a great memory. Really, though. really got me into horror. Yeah, cool, man. Yeah, Good stories. That's great. So good. You wrote a you wrote a short a short story that we were going to make into a little short movie about a campfire. Remember? I did. It wasn't so short. Yeah, it was probably about uh, fifteen to eighteen thousand words. Yeah, yeah. Kind of a shorter story, a longer short story. Yeah, it's good. You posted it as a blog. Remember? Yes, that's right. Yeah, which I think you could still get if you go on to the yeah the internet somewhere. It's it's somewhere. I'll have, to, I'll have to find the link and I'll post it on our uh, Instagram so people can check it out because it was a great, great little story you wrote. I love it. Hey, thanks, man. I'm still working on stuff, so we never stop that. It's <laughs> awesome. But that's my number three. So what's your number two, Mike? My number two. Uh, now, this is, you know, this is kind of like a gateway into horror and also just like has to do with one of the, the great memories of why I love Halloween so much. Um I live close to this uh, to a little town where you actually work in, Matt, called Red Bank, New Jersey, yes, and it's sir. a it's a really cute downtown, right? It's uh, got like a you know like a main street with lots of shops. Oh, and it's charming. It's it's yeah, awesome. it's great. It's changed a lot. It's changed a lot over the years. But when I was a kid, there was a store on Broad Street, which is like their main street, um, and it mm-hmm. was called Carol's. Um, and Carol's was I don't you know I'm trying to remember what they sold other times of the year because i don't think i ever went in there besides halloween um, right so you just remembered as this almost this halloween store yeah there was carols and there was prowns prowns was like right. a five and dime kind of like a hardware store um yes. and they also had a really cool halloween section but carols when you walked in um they had the best collection of masks halloween masks that i had ever seen um and I say that, you know, I would go to some mall stores and, you know, other kind of Halloween places, party supply stores. Um, you know, we didn't have Spirit, you know, Halloween back in the day. Well, um, of course not, yeah. But this place, Carol's, had this, this like, you'd walk in and straight ahead there was like a big island, you know. 
Um, and it had like a backdrop of all these shelves and there were just masks lined up on these shelves and they weren't just like cheap masks. They were like top of the line, like Don Post, yes. um, mm-hmm. just beautiful, beautiful masks. And, um, my friends and I would go in there and we would just ask to try them on. We would just annoy the clerk so much that they'd eventually be like, are you going to buy something or what? You know, uh, it was like one of those situations. Um, but it was, it was one of those places that I couldn't wait till every October to go, uh, to just see what masks they would have. Um, you know, some of the masks that I remember uh, the most, obviously, is the um, the shape mask, which was the Michael Myers mask that you and I both had. Uh, which, of course, yeah. Which was amazing. Uh, the Tor Johnson mask, which is another famous one. Uh, that wrestler, yes, you know, that that actually acted yeah. in some Ed Wood movies. Um, yep. Another one you're going to remember, Matt. It was called the Glow Skull, which actually kind of Glow be- Skull, yeah. Which kind of became the skeleton for Halloween Three. It was Halloween like a three. yeah, it was kind of a version. Um, there was another one. It was like an old man one that, if you saw a picture, you'd remember it was called the Withers. Uh, it was a real famous mask, but it just looked like like an, an old man, sort of you know, decrepit and kind of scary. Um, obviously, plus they, plus they had those innocent like Caspery ghost masks too, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, they had some some innocent ones like the Star Wars mask. Remember all the Don Post Star Wars masks? Those were huge back in the eighties. Yes. I don't know if you remember those. They were they were. I do, yeah. Oh my god, they were so cool. And then of course the Halloween three masks. Like when those were out, um, they were great. You know, the witch, the the pumpkin, and the skeleton that they did. Uh, there was a really cool zombie mask called Sewage, which I always loved. Um, <laughs> These were, you know, I own some of these and got rid of them at some point, you know, like an idiot. I wish I kept all these. I um, know, dude. Oh, my God. Uh, and then one of my favorites that uh, I think I had this one, it was called Timberwolf. It was like a werewolf, but it had a really, really scary face um, that I loved. But it just, you know, when you think back to like, I think it's one of the reasons why I love Halloween 4 so much when they go to the drugstore. Um, it just kind of reminds me of Carol's and just seeing all these masks and and just really feeling Halloween, you know, um, it was yeah, just, I mean, they, I mean, they got to, right. They got to get all PC now, you know, they got to call them pharmacies back then. They were drug stores. Yeah. For Christ's sake. Yeah. Think about it. Middletown had thrift drug next to shop, right? Remember that one? Yep. Mm-hmm. I remember. That's what, and Sunray drug, Sunray drugs. Yeah. It was great. You so, know, yeah, and there was a couple of big drug stores, like you said. But it just reminded me of like, yeah, like Halloween four and even Halloween three. You know, the the old man shop. You know, where you yes, had the masks on display. Um, yeah. That's what Carol's was to me. Like every October, I would just be so excited. I'd be. I remember going in there in September, like when are you putting the masks out? You know. Um, but it was definitely just a great gateway for me to love horror and sort of, this was kind of before I started watching horror movies, but this was one of the reasons why I wanted to watch horror movies because I love these masks and there was something about it that I was so interested in. I just wanted to, you know, to own these masks and scare people and just, you know, then I was like, Ooh, maybe I'll watch a scary movie, you know? So, uh, so that's my number three, um, the number two, Matt, that's my, uh, Carol's and Red Bank. Uh, great little sort oh, that's of your number two, dude. Yeah, it is, dude. It's that's such great memories, dude. It's one of my favorite places growing up going to. <clears throat> so that's my number two. So what's yours? My number two comes from a very formative movie from our youth. Mm. Um, it's a movie called Raiders of the Lost Ark.
Oh, Matt, that scene in particular. <laughs> oh, my God. So, 1981, Mike, right? Yeah. This movie comes out, uh, if I'm not mistaken, let me see here. It comes out... Uh, let me get back to the where I was here. Was it November? Oh, it was later in the year, right? Mm, yeah. I thought it was Christmas, but I could be wrong. No, it came out. No, it came out in summer. It's a summer film. It's a Spiel, you know Spielberg would be at that point was a big summer tentpole guy yes. by the time you know Jaws and Force right. Encounters and um, so June June twelfth nineteen eighty one. So oh. you and I are basically seven. We're seven years old. Oh my god! Whatever we are. Yeah. And I certainly saw this, and I'm sure you did as well. In the oh movie yeah, theater. I did. Yeah. Uh, I went with my father. I remember very clearly going and then going back. <laughs> Um, in that, that even the intro scene with Alfred Molina, um, when you know the whole intro scene when he, you know, throw me the rope, throw me the rope, yes. and all that stuff, and then a guy ends up like being like severely punctured by all these spikes, and it was so so gory. Like, yeah, that image, man. Oh God. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then in the end, you mm. have them with the ark, and and the, you know Marion and and, and Indy are tied up, and as you heard um, in the clip. You know, don't 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 look at it, Marion. Keep your eyes closed. Whatever you do, don't don't open your eyes. And you know, Belloc, who's the bad guy. You know, it's so beautiful. Yeah, and yeah. The spirits are all flying out of the coffin. And then you have this dude played by Ronald Lacey standing off to the side, uh, Tote, or I think his name is the guy with the little spectacles, the little yeah. glasses. Yeah, yeah. Who in the bar scene when Marion's running the bar, he comes in at the one point. And he's very, very soft-spoken. Yeah, and he's like, it's, and he's, it's very cold. This fire yes, feels good. It's cold. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So at the end of the movie, Bellick's standing there. You know, it's so beautiful. And the spirits are flying around. And, he's, and some people are like kind of scurrying away. Right. And Bellick's getting all into this. And, you know, the spirit appears to him. And then all of a sudden, it's this beautiful woman. And then it turns to this awful skeleton. And, Ugh. you know, he, he, he just completely just lights up and becomes on fire instantly. And totally. Toth is sitting off to the side and and then everyone starts screaming and the one guy starts gyrating and shaking and then he starts like almost melting and then Toth's face just melts off of his body. And it is so horrifically disgusting to see the sheen of red followed by white and then there's just bone. It just it it was just absolutely disgusting and I was so f- captivated by it and so repulsed by it simultaneously. That is one of those moments where it's like that was the moment I was like Oh my god, it's so gross. It's wonderful. Like I was like, it's so beautiful. That was me, like <laughs> echoing Bellic sentiment, you know? Like Oh my god. I'm I'm so scared by this, but god damn it, I'm so attracted and allured by this at the same time. Um but but it, damn if that wasn't a real formative moment um watching that and then you know, having nightmares afterwards, but then begging my dad, please take me back again. Um Please, I want. I, I need to see that. Like, I mean, the, first of all, that's one of the greatest movies ever made. Oh to my this god, day. I don't amazing. care what anybody says. Yeah, it's perfect in every way. Um, it, but that scene and some of the scenes in it are just, just so horrific. I mean, that, that is horror, man. That is hardcore horror. Yeah, no, I I remember that, and I remember Poltergeist. You know what I mean? Like those two. Like, when oh, of the, course, yeah. Poltergeist when the um the guy goes into the bathroom and he like just starts yeah, pulling face, his face. Man. Oh Pulls god, face off. Yeah. yeah, that was my scene that gave me nightmares. I believe wasn't that one of yeah, mine? Yeah, that was one of yours. Yeah, but uh, like I'll never yeah. forget that. But you're right that that scene from uh, from Lost Ark. It's it's amazing. You know when his face melts like that. It's such a cool effect. Uh, such a oh, cool practical yeah. effect, but for us as little kids, we were just like, "Oh my god, this Ooh. is like so freaky." It's great, yeah, man. 
Awesome. So we are we've arrived at the uh, at the big show here. Number this one, is it. Mike. Number one, Matt. Number one. I think once people hear mine, they're not going to be surprised because I've talked about this so many times on the podcast, and, <laughs> and we've done a couple features. We tried <laughs> we tried a feature uh, that didn't go very well. I don't think people were into it, but uh, I could be wrong. But anyway, my number one is West Coast Video or National Video, which it was before. Oh, man. Um, because this was the place. Uh, it was right in uh, like Chapel Hill Plaza, which there's yes, a it whole, was. There's a whole, whole Foods. Foods. Yeah. Yep. There's a Carvel, I think, there too. There's a Whole Foods and Carvel. It was A&P, right? Yeah, it was an A&P shopping plaza. And then within yep. this, I think there was like a Fratelli's Pizza, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Which I used to go to all the time. But there was, there was West Coast Video. And um, this was the place that I would go every Friday night and most likely every Saturday night to rent a movie. This was like my childhood. This was my uh, my childhood. This was my teenage years. Uh, this was the place that I would go. You know, uh, there, this was kind of before Blockbuster, I think, was a big thing. Um, and it was during Blockbuster also. Blockbuster opened up, but it was like further down 35. I think it was closer to you, right, Matt? The Blockbuster? Yes, the blockbuster was closer to me, and the West Coast. But I would go to your, I would go to there once in a while. The National Video. Yeah, yeah, no, it was it was a great place, and it was it, the, the thing I loved about it was family run. There was like this one family that 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 ran it, and they were like the nicest people. Um, and once I became of age, where my dad would sort of, you know, I was brave enough to go down that. Let you walk aisle. back there, yeah. He would yeah. just let you go by himself. Yourself, and, yeah. and he wouldn't question anything. You know, I would just hand him a tape and he would just rent it. You know what I mean? And I'll never forget. This is not not related to this, but I'll I, I just told uh, Mikey the story because <laughs> he was playing the song. Duran Duran had a, a home video uh, tape with all their videos on it, and it was titled "Girls on Film." Yes. And the a video for girls on film was was like R rated because it was all naked ladies. It's like one of these videos they made that was never shown on yeah, MTV, for sure. Yeah. And uh, this this videotape I would rent a lot, and my dad had no idea. <laughs> He's like, "You're what? You're renting this again?" I'm like, "Yeah, Dad, I, I love Duran Duran," <laughs> but I was renting it for other reasons. But anyway, um, so once I, I was got a title for you, Mike. I what? got a title for you. What? It's going to bring back a lot of memories. Your Blood Beach, Mike. Yes, dude. That's that's I was going to mention that. That's like that your was, video cover, right? I love that. That's one of the ones that I rented back in the day. Um, but yeah, once I was old enough to kind of brave, be brave and go into that horror section, I would just grab tapes and I didn't care what it was. I would just, you know, like we all did, we'd look at the cover and say, that looks interesting. Let me check it out. You know, and blood beach was one of those. Um, another one was burial ground. That was another one that was like a favorite of mine that I would the Fulci, the Fulci film. Yeah. Yeah. Just cause the cover alone, you know what I mean? I just grabbed yeah, it. It's it was great. so interesting. Um, but the coolest thing was the once the owner kind of got to know me, which was pretty quickly, and he knew that I really liked horror movies, he would save all the one sheets, like the posters for me. Anytime a horror movie came in uh, that they had a poster for, most likely they weren't going to hang those posters in their uh, in their frames. But he would save them for me when I would come in to rent. He'd say, hey, Mike, I got something for you. And he would just give me all these posters um, that I do not have a single copy of to this day. And it kills me that I didn't save any of these because I'm sure I had some classics. You know what I mean? Wow, dude. Yeah, but this guy was so nice, man. He was like the nicest guy. I'll never forget. He had like glasses. He kind of reminded me of, um, what's his name from uh, Revenge of the Nerds? Um, 
Oh, uh, Robert Carradine? Yes. Yeah, he totally like looked like him. Uh, but he was like a really cool guy, really nice. Um, anytime something new came in, he's like, check this movie out. You should watch this one. Um, kind of like when we did our little, you know, our little step back into the video store segment. It was like yes. that guy, but he was just a little more mature and nicer. But the coolest thing is when um, West Coast Video, I think I've told this before too, but when West Coast Video went out of business, um, I was in college at the time and my mom was so sweet. She knew how much I loved this video store and how it was such a big part of my childhood. Uh, she bought me a bunch of things, uh, one being a shelf, which I think is still at my parents' house in their garage. But the coolest is she bought me the two uh, neon frames um, that they had hanging in the window where anytime a new movie would be out, the new releases, um, it would, they would, you know, put the, the new poster in the, in the frame and it had like the neon lights on it. Um, and that is now in the podcast room, which is really cool. Um, so that's something I'll never get rid of just because it's such a great memory. Yeah. Cause oh, it was, it's, it's amazing, you know? So, uh, that had to be my number one because that is the ultimate gateway for me because that is the place where I, you know, I hadn't seen besides the exorcist at my house, I hadn't seen a horror movie really, um, until I went to West coast video and started renting, you know, probably exorcist and Halloween on TV around Halloween time. But that was like the ultimate gateway for me because that's the place I went and I discovered so many of those movies that we watch, you know, uh, every, uh, every October, every year, you know, all our little film habits, it's all because of West coast video, you know? So that that had to be my number one. It's the ultimate gateway for me. So there you go, Matt. So I'm excited to hear about yours, dude. Mike, that is a fantastic number one. And by the way, I just want to correct myself because I'm a, I'm a moron at times, and I jumped the gun. And <laughs> Burial Ground is not Fulci; it's uh, Andrea Bianchi. It's yes, a, it's an Italian film. It's Italian. I just it's Italian. Uh, jumped, yeah, yeah you but were... I jumped at Fulci immediately, and it's not. He's City of the Living Dead, Zombie, all those movies. He's not. Yes, yes. Uh, Burial Ground, but I do recall this um, this video cassette cover, and it's awesome. Yeah, no, it's great, dude. It's a good. So, one. Mike, I have a nas- I have one national video story, really quick. Ooh, I um, love it. I love to hear it. So one, the one time, one of the times I went there, and it was probably one of the last times I went there, only because uh, we rented a film, and I don't remember if it was Super Fuzz. It was one of the fun, you know, <laughs> loves films. Fuzz. And um, instead of Super Fuzz, we get home and we put it in, and my mom's like, "Oh, how's the movie?" You know, we put it in, and it, it they had put a porno um, <laughs> by accident. I don't know if they did it on accident. They like to you know, screw with their customers once in a while. But I'll never forget, it was BYOB, Bring Your Own Body, was the name of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and we pop it in, and goddamn, somebody else was popping it in oh on the screen. Oh, my gosh. Let me tell you. This was at the... the this, was, this was national video, dude. This my was national most, this video, was, not the one this over... This your national. No, this was Chapel Hill, dude. This was the oh Chapel Hill Oh, my one. gosh, dude. Because we had gotten haagen or whatever, like you said, the one that was right next door there. I think it's Carvel, right? It was Carvel or whatever it was, one of those. Or Dairy Queen, I, was, I forget. I th- no, it was Baskin Robbins. It was Baskin Robbins. Oh, back in the day, you're right. It was Baskin Robbins. Now I think it's Dairy Queen. And I'm, you know, I was looking at my ice cream, thinking, oh yeah, we're writing a great. Movie. I mean, they had those 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 cla- like those tan clamshell cases, right? Yeah, yeah. With a tan. Yeah, I got home, dude, and Bring Your Own Body was not oh, happening. Oh my gosh! So quickly how, ejected. How much did you get to watch it before mom realized that you were? Oh, you know, the funky music came on. You know. Um, <laughs> I could just see slapping, your mom like turn her head like sounds. Dude, she could, she could just you know, whip her head like, and be like, what the? <laughs> it was literally like, bow, chicka, bow. oh, that's great. And I was like, oh my Bring God. Bring your own and body. The, the BYOB comes. Yeah, dude. Oh, uh, I was like, is this how this movie starts? I don't remember this. Dude, you got I, I thought it was, I thought it was super, super. 
Yeah. Super, super, super. <laughs> Remember that? That's the best. Of course. Anytime Speaking when he saw Italian red. movies. Everywhere. Yeah, the red, dude. That's a great super, movie. Super, super. Oh <laughs> Silvio. Oh, man. The old guy, Silvio. Yeah. Rosie LaBouche. Dude, you got anyway, um, to rent Bring Your Own Body again, dude. <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever find that gem. But that's my that's my uh, national like video story. I like it, dude. So, uh, mm-hmm. so my number one won't surprise people either, I, right, I don't think. Um, people should know this probably about me as well. My number one is Stephen King, Mike. Ooh. Stephen King, and particularly the books. I found Stephen King way too young because of my <laughs> friend Mikey D. My friend Mikey D was my gateway. I should have Mikey D should be my one more gateway, honestly. He should be your number through, one, yeah. Through him, all things flowed and passed through the gate mm-hmm. um he was the gate i mean talk about a metaphor he, like he just you know opened the gate the door for me to see all this stuff yeah. and he was allowed to do a lot of stuff very early on and um my first book speaking of drugstores sunray drugs which is right which actually has the chuck e cheese in the back in middletown now it's down the street from Shoprite and thrift drugs and not yes. too far from national video had a lot of stephen king uh, in addition to great halloween masks around halloween time they had a great book section uh, in the one aisle back in the day. And the very first one I bought was The Dead Zone, believe it or not. Oh, I remember very vividly. The Dead Zone was your first one? Yeah, it was my first one that I bought that I purchased for like three something. I forget what the price was. I think I still have the original Dead Zone that I bought from the store. Oh, that's awesome. And the first, and that was one of the first ones. And that in Salem's Lot uh, were the first two. I, and, and there was no going back. Once I, you know, and this is before watching the movies. And then I went on to The Shining and Carrie and The Stand, and those were the, probably the first five or six that I had read. Yeah. And uh, there was no going back. I mean, once I started Stephen King, it was just, that just completely, the door, there was no door anymore. It blew the door off if there was any more, there's no gate. The gate, there's, <laughs> it's gone. It's just a gaping <laughs> hole where I could just fall into this vortex of horror anytime I wanted to because, you know, so many different worlds that he opened, um, Stephen King. And, um, you know, the films were other other things entirely for me, and I enjoyed many of them as well. Yeah. But those first books were so formative for me. Just just the way he wrote sentences, the way he constructed suspense, and the way his characters were so three dimensional. They felt like your neighbor down the street, or, or your you know your uncle, or the guy at the store who sold you you know the masks and from the Halloween store. You know he he, he wrote all those characters. You know, uh, they just they just stepped right off the page, and that I'll never forget. Um, my love affair with Stephen King starting really eight years old, pretty much, oh was my, my first. God, dude, so young, dude. <laughs> yeah, just way too young. But my mom was like, oh, you know, he's a good reader. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, she was probably was. just happy you were reading, you know? Well, she knew, you know, the, the covers were what they were. They were kind of suggestive a little bit. But, you know, I put, I got my Hardy Boys from the library, and then I bought my Stephen King books from Sunrise <laughs> Drugs. From, you went from Hardy Boys to Stephen it King? Was, it, it was a pretty seamless transition from Hardy oh Boys my gosh. to Stephen King. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, let me tell you, when I went to BYOB, I was all Hardy Boy. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It was a Hardy Boy adventure that day. <laughs> the, the case of the baffling boner. Anyway. Oh, um, my gosh. You're full of them. That's an alternate title. They they shelved that one. Frank uh, Frank w, Franklin W. Dixon decided not. By the way, Franklin W. Dixon wrote the Hardy Boys. Oh my god! A lot of puns flying. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so my number one was Stephen King, and uh, he's still he's still the the man. I did I've not been able to watch The Outsider. Don't even tell me about it. I read the book, dude. Um, I don't have HBO, and I'm really really hating life right now that I can't. 
oh. just jump into the outsider completely because the story is still etched in my mind very clearly from when I read it a year and a half ago. Dude, it's so but, uh, well done. Like, I'm I don't sure wanna, it is. It, you got to see it at some point. Of you just course gotta, I will. You, just, you can get that app on your TV, like the HBO Now, I think it's called. Um, and just subscribe for a month, dude. I think it's like 15 bucks and just, just binge it. You know what I mean? That's so easy to say. I know. <laughs> but that's great. You introduced me to Stephen King too. Like I, obviously I knew Stephen King. Um, I think I oh. read, I don't think I finished it, but I remember reading the stand. I had the, I have the, like a first edition of the stand. Um, and, uh, but you really got me back into King and you were like, you really need to start reading, you know, King again. And, I, I got into it because of you, so it's another thing I have to thank you for, Maddie. No, oh, dude, I could never, you know, uh, my, and but for the listeners, just for the listeners, I mean, Mike is very welcome, of course, um, always, and I'm so flattered that he even brings that up. But for the listeners, um, Mike is a guy, and he did say it when he was talking about. I, I don't think I finished it. That pretty much tells the tale because this is a guy who doesn't finish books. That's not it true. Took him, I finished books. It took him 15 years to read Needful Things. Which, yeah. while being a long book, mm-hmm. fifteen years is a long time to, to it finish is, reading yeah. a story. I know, but I do finish books, Maddie. <laughs> I know you do. I, know. I really do. There are some Stephen King books that no, you know I what? Finished Stephen King now. books. You know, you have you you read quite a few of them. I know Christine is one of one that you you dive yeah. back into a lot. Oh yeah, that one Salem's Lot. I I read all the way through. Salem's um, Lot is 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 a masterpiece. What's that is the, the one? High water mark. I read one of his newer, not newer, but like yeah, newer. Uh, the I want to say like you the, read Fun, the Fun House or something, right? Wasn't it like uh, Fun no. Funland or something? You read that, didn't? you? Yes, no, I read that one. Yep, uh, that yeah, that like uh, pulp fiction novel yeah, that the he pulpy did. one. Yes, no, mm-hmm. but what was the one? It was back when we were both teaching. Uh, it was the the white cover. Um, oh, was it Bag of Bones or Hearts yes. in Atlantis? Yes, Bag of Bones. I read that yeah, one. Bag of Bones was a spooky story, man. Yeah, that was a good, was one. A good one, man. Yeah, it was that a very was great. Good one. Yeah, King hasn't lost. He really hasn't lost too much. And The Outsider, if if you're watching that, I'm sure you're 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 understanding how oh, great dude, that story it's is. So twisted, man. It's so cool. I'm like, I can't wait to see where it, where it goes. You know, like I'm just super excited. I think they've, I think they're on episode seven. I don't know how many episodes are going to be, but well, I um, guess they'll probably be ten. I imagine. Maybe I don't know, but it's great, man. It's really well done. So I'm yeah, I mean, excited. some of his newer ones that I that I've really enjoyed, The Outsider, obviously, is a great one. Um, Revival is a very good one as well from 2014, and eleven twenty two sixty three is just yeah. a masterpiece. No, I, mean, I heard that one's great. You suspense told me and I've heard like people. I've never experienced. Um, our friend Chris and I talk about it all the time. Um, I told him he, I don't I don't know if he read it or not. Um, he was going to dive in. Um, but it's I know I, again. I didn't see the Hulu. I believe it was Hulu series with James Franco. I didn't see it. But no, um, I started watching it. And then we so good. we got rid of Hulu, so I didn't get to finish it. But I heard it's great. But um, yeah, that's dude. What a great number one, Matt. Because I'm sure that's a number one for a lot of people. You know, uh, Stephen King is is got to be a gateway for for many people. I would think. Yeah, maybe a little later than seven or eight, but you know. You yeah, it's great. Good stuff. Well, this was fun, Maddie. This is great. Yeah, I want to, I want to remind people if you if you want to jump on the Patreon bandwagon, you will hear a bonus episode of us giving uh, an additional two each. So we're gonna have uh, a total of four. Um, so go to patreon.com alone in the dark backslash alone in the dark podcast and uh, check us out there and see if you'd like to you know 
throw a few, few bucks our way and we'll throw some bonus episodes for you um, and some other content too as well. Right, Matt? Yes. Yeah, we, uh, we have a BYOB commentary coming up. <laughs> uh, I'm sure. And your mom's going to bust through the door episode. and tell us to stop. No, we're gonna let we're gonna. My mom's gonna sit in on Dude, that one. We're we got to do, do it at your mom's house so she could be like, turn that off. Uh, that would be classic. Yeah, It'd be so, the shortest uh, commentary ever. Yeah, so, so we promise that one's coming really soon. Do you get it, uh, folks? Yeah. If you listen to the beginning of the episode, it's we not said, happening. So that's said, what that means. Yes, that's it. <laughs> awesome. So, uh, any clues, Matt, to uh, let our listeners know? Uh, no promises, but let our listeners know besides Halloween too. What might be coming down the uh, the pipe here for us? Well, did I? Um, I did mention the April episode, right? About oh, that is the Halloween two, right? That's Halloween that two we talked about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we're going to be doing another class of episode. I'm not going to say ah, what year. Ah, yes, that that one's coming, and that's going to be uh, that's going to be a fun one. We Maddie picked a great year for horror. We'll just say that. Yeah, I, I managed to to get a year where Mike doesn't get to to. Put on display all his shitty ninety heart um, oh. references. <laughs> shitty. I'm just, I'm just joking, dude. I'm joking. I know, I know. I'm just joking back with you. Um, and uh, one thing, be, you could be able to hide behind your Kevin Williamson mic with this one. No, no, I can't. No. There'll be no Kevin Williamson on that podcast. No, there will not. No, no. there might be some, some, uh, some movies some that inf- Kevin Williamson, some movies that he was influenced, influenced yes. by. Yes, but uh, yeah, absolutely, that's about the closest we'll get. Um, one thing I want to mention is how excited I am for the release of April Fool's Day. Finally, Matt, I feel like yes, been, on Blu-ray. Yes, you know what? Researching our uh, fifty episode for fiftieth episode, just kind of going back and listening, uh, making our list of our favorite moments of the podcast. I didn't realize how many times we talked about April Fool's Day and how it's not on Blu-ray. We were like, "When is it going to be on Blu-ray?" I know, and, and it's, it's finally happening throughout. Yeah, it is. It's finally happening. I feel like we need to have like a party or something, you know? It's like we've been talking yeah. about it for so long. We need to like... I think uh, maybe we throw a little bonus episode out there, maybe. Ah, maybe. That'd be cool. But uh, yeah, I'm so excited for that. So uh, hoping to get that, you know... Uh, when does that by the way, come don't, out? Don't count on that. Don't count on that uh, bonus episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we promise you that's coming. No. Um, it's the end of March. It's end like of March, March 24th right? or something. Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, super excited about that. That's going to be great. So uh, looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, looking forward to giving you guys more uh, podcast episodes and, uh, you know, interacting with you on uh, Instagram and, and uh, Facebook and Twitter, you know. Um, I think it is March 24th, actually. That's a Tuesday. I think you're right. Usually re- they release on Tuesdays, right? Yeah, I think that's when yeah. it comes out, which is awesome. So. You got yours direct from Screen Factory. I ordered mine from Amazon. Um, so we'll have to see who gets his first, you know? I bet you you'll get yours first. I bet you I will. Yeah, dude. Um, so do you, you going to leave us with anything, Maddie, or is this a not leave with any and leave us with anything episode? Mike, when is it ever? A, well, some, once in a while it is, but this is a, we're going to leave a little something, just a little, okay. little something. All right, you do it. If you find yourself alone in the dark, Take hold of that little bit of nostalgia that's in the back of your mind. Grab it. Go back. Not back on the bed. Back in time in your mind. Because, think about it. Your five or six-year-old self was able to deal with a lot of shit that was thrown your way. So you shouldn't be scared now. All right? Deal with it. Deal with it. Because you're an adult and you should be able to deal with it because your five and six-year-old self navigated those waters a long time ago and you came out through the other end 
So just man up, woman up, and just get it done. Good one, Maddie. (laughs) All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We will see you at our 50th episode. Right, Matt? Yes, 50th is coming up. All right. Take care, everybody. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you soon. (laughs) 